another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. This week on the pod, we have a new friend, a friend I met at the bar in Whistler. I think we were both ordering non-alcoholic drinks at W North. Esther caught my eye and I just thought, who is this woman? She has a presence and an air. She might've been wearing a hat. And she also had alongside of her, a younger person. You could have thought she might have been her daughter, though they didn't really look anything alike, not that that matters. And in fact, I quickly learned it was her 16-year-old intern that she had flown across the country to have exposure to her first networking event. Her intern had carefully curated goals of what she wanted to get out of the event. And I just thought, Esther, who are you as a leader if you are developing 16-year-olds in such a beautiful human way. We spoke about the big stuff, as you do when you first meet someone, the fancy titles, the big companies. And on the other side of that, I got to the heart of the matter. She had some puppies. She was recently married. She and her partner have an Instagram account. We'll make sure it's listed in the show notes below. I couldn't wait to dive into a much juicier conversation that I knew simply couldn't happen at the bar. So I asked Esther when she returned back to the Silicon Valley to jump on the pod. And today's conversation was one that really touched my heart. She was honest beyond measure. She spoke so much more about who she is as a human than the titles that have accompanied her LinkedIn profile. And perhaps you too have had some dark days and may relate to what it's like at the bottom and her tips for how to come back up on top. I really hope you enjoy this one. Esther, welcome to the pod. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for this stuff. It's going to be fun. Uh, well, I am too, to put it mildly. Anyone that you meet at a bar in Whistler who looks <laughs> as fabulous as you did is worthy of a very interesting conversation. I want to ask you to introduce yourself, your way on your terms to our audience. Absolutely. So I am Esther Ayurinde Iyamu. I am a newlywed and enjoying that newlywed dumb as of six months. And I am a company founder here in Silicon Valley. I spent about 16 years in big tech and learned some incredible lessons. I had an interesting 2020, as many of us did, which pivoted me to focus on getting working professionals healthier from the inside out. And I've now committed both my time, finances, built a team, really focused on that mission. And I've never felt more fulfilled. So super excited about it. Ah, oh, beautiful. Well, we're going to jump off of that because you mentioned you're a newlywed and we will make sure yeah. that there's a link for people to find your sweet social <laughs> handle that is too good to not follow on the gram. And I'm inspired and interested in your motivation behind sharing your story in that way. Yeah, I think for many years, two decades, I would often define myself by the title of the job I had at that particular time, whether it be NFL dancer for a particular team or it be, you know, leading some big organization, I would define myself by that. 
and not necessarily the other sides of me that I'm learning and loving. And this is a new area of life Mm. for me and I'm really enjoying it. So yeah, that's who I am. Now, was your husband on board with sharing your love, broadcasting your love on Instagram? (laughs) If anybody's met my husband, they know he is extra. He's all the way extra. He lives for the reaction. It's the funniest thing ever. He loves the fact that I'm the I'm going to be the person behind the camera taking the pictures and posting about it because he won't, (laughs) but he actually loves it. (laughs) Oh, I love it. You know, you have to ask because I feel like we hear more about Instagram husbands that are the ones taking the picture than we do about Instagram (laughs) wives. And I think that your page is just so beautiful. Do I call it a page, a quilt? I mean, you just beam (laughs) and radiate love and it's so beautiful to see you and your people all come together in the name of love and you're a power couple. So giddy up. You're too kind. You're too kind. You know, it's funny. People talk about social media for Mm -hmm. all of the negative things it brings. Mm -hmm. The addiction is real. I don't want to discount anyone who struggles with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just made a, I don't know if it was conscious effort or by accident, but I decided I was going to leverage it to my advantage. I use it as my accountability partner, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of my family lives all over the world. So it's also my way to stay connected with my friends, family, you know, around the world. So that like, hey, if they ever want to know what's been going on with Esther before we get together and see each other and like pick up where we left off, I can just go to her page really quick and catch up on her life, right? Yeah. For me, it's often a source of information and motivation. So I am very particular about the types of things I let within my algorithm and Mm. follow. Things that are going to feed my brain, feed my body, Mm. feed my source of inspiration, help motivate me in the right ways. I'll continue to follow those versus not. So, yeah, I love that. I think it's an interesting concept. I don't struggle with it. I I sit with it often around the pull of gravity and how things pull us down. And we consider Mm -hmm. anything we're addicted to as bad. And Mm -hmm. I was like, well, what if we don't label it as bad? And I may be addicted to many things that are incredible for me. And so it's like the connotation that the addiction equals, we must stop. I think that we don't often speak enough about the beauty and the connection and the beauty and what it means to be connected to your point, like family all over the world. And it's actually our responsibility to show up authentically. And exactly. You're not showing up authentically. That doesn't mean that Instagram isn't authentic. It just means you're not authentic. Um, you nailed it. And I think that's a really fine distinction. And yet we just like live to point fingers at everyone else and want to swipe through our life. And it's like, well, yeah. you show up your way. And then you have a beautiful page of a power couple getting married and being mm. in love and your darling little pups. And <laughs> that's worth sharing. And I think it's especially rad because you mentioned, you know, you've come from big tech, you are now a founder and it's not to say you haven't had your lessons, your challenges, your highs, your creation Mm. moments. I think being Mm. a founder of a company is like, I mean, I haven't had a child yet. I often refer to it as like, there's a pregnancy where you're in this idea and then you're birthing something into the world that says, Oh yeah, I started something and, and here I am. And so and it's you. I mean, there's, there's yes. studies around this, that there's a difference in the culture of companies that are led by founders and those that are led by, call it operators, right? Mm-hmm. Operator, meaning you've, you've moved into the role of being a general manager or running a company, but the birth of the company and the purpose isn't from you, right? Yeah. It's not got your blood running through its veins. Yeah. It doesn't like, you know, you're not wiping off the placenta from 
its face, right? Like, totally. you know, there's yeah. a very, there's a big difference. And yeah. the biggest thing I'm learning as a founder right now is just like you mentioned being a parent in that your baby is going to reflect back what it sees mm-hmm. that you show it. Yeah. And so, man, talk about like me having to dig down and face my own demons or face yeah. my own intentions mm. or subconscious intentions, mm-hmm. subconscious ego that I might not have even had. I mean, like yeah. it's only been a few months and I'm like already facing all of those. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, let's not talk about the child. I wish there was a child that was just crying at 2am hungry because the <laughs> hunger pains of being a founder that wake you up at 2am oh, are yeah. hella different if I can yeah. see so myself. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I feel you. Okay. You mentioned lessons of 2020. And again, this might come with a negativity bias, assuming that lessons were dare I say, quote unquote, bad. The challenges of course were real. I'm just wondering if you have a lesson or two to share with us that were perhaps cause for a pivot, cause for action in your life. So halfway through 2021, I had what I thought was a heart attack right. after several workups going into hospital. I actually was having a pretty severe panic attack mm. and it was eye-opening to me to re- it was like my check like, Oh, hold on. Mm. This is, this is cause for attention. Mm. Let's figure out what's going on to cause this. Mm. Granted, there are multitudes of things that are acute that I could have pointed to, but Mm. actually what I've caused me to find out is that I was operating at a level of chronic stress and Mm. staying at that level. You know, I've been, I've been kind of studying the brain and studying high performers. And what I found is oftentimes high performers are professional athletes. They operate at very high levels of acute stress to their body Mm. and it gets them stronger. So acute stress isn't necessarily bad. It's when it becomes chronic and Mm. you stay at that level and can't get out of that level that you may not get sick now, but over time can Mm. cause things as severe as cancer. Right. Yeah. And so I was kind of met with a wake up call, like, Holy wow, you are operating in this state of chronic stress. And a small break brought it all to fruition of how bad it actually is. I didn't realize I was only sleeping two hours, three hours, maybe per night. I was in bed for eight hours. So by anybody's measure, you would say, oh, you're sleeping. You're great. But in reality, I was not. And thus, not sleeping meant severe cognitive challenges. I was severely dehydrated. The Mm -hmm. brain is 70 plus percent water, even 2% dehydration. You have cognitive challenges that come up from that. So, yeah. I mean, there was so I was magnesium deficient. I mean, there were so many things that opened up to me. I actually had to take advantage of health wearables and at-home diagnostics to really go in and measure every lever of my body to mm-hmm. understand what was going on with my mind, to mm-hmm. then figure out what support I needed to go back to performing at the high levels that I'm used to. Right. And I hadn't known that. My doctors were like, you're young, you're fit. You've been napping all your life. You're great. All your yeah. tests come back normal. And I'm like, but something is wrong. And yeah. it wasn't until I'd actually measured that to actually really see what was going on to then be able to do something about it. Yeah. Gosh, I wish this wasn't the story. And yet you hear it every time that it sounds like you had a low, maybe a bottom moment before you took the wake up call of three hours. Oh, of yeah. Isn't enough. And I think our challenge is that 
we don't check in even with a wearable often enough. I had a wearable, I wore whoop to track my sleep. And then I got a dog and didn't sleep through the night. And I just took my wearable and put it in the drawer and was like, no, thank you. I don't need you to tell me that I'm tired every morning because I'm tired. And then I've never put it on. And my puppy's 18 months old and you know, he's great. And I chose to, you know, have him in my little world and sleep is essential. And yeah, at the Corker Co, we sit and talk about a heartbeat metric often. And the heartbeat metric Mm. for us is, is about sleep. It's about spending time with people you love. It's about how much water you consume. It's about how often you and move your body. And people kind of scoffed at us and they're like, why are you talking about this? And I was like, well, why not? Like if the only thing that matters are your KPIs, how the heck am I ever going to achieve that? And why don't we take this more seriously? Absolutely. Gosh, thank you for sharing. Obviously you mentioned that you hit a point where you had some time off and in that moment of pause, I mean, I also think we need to asterisk that American healthcare versus Canadian healthcare are a little bit different. It sounds like you were working with doctors that said, you're awesome. What's the problem? And you're like, I don't feel like my awesome self during that time of pause. Were you like, I'm going to go do diagnostics. Like did something happen before you chose to start monitoring things or did you just dive right into like, I'm going to figure this out. Well, to your point, I'd hit that peak of, I'm not remembering numbers. I'm hitting like severe depression. I'm really struggling in some of these areas. I get anxiety doing stuff that I would just love to do before. And I was just really struggling. My, my weight was all over. I live with stage four endometriosis. I was flaring up like crazy and couldn't control it. And then there was also the uncertainty of the pandemic. And so I hit a point where I'm like, I can either sit with this and play victim, or I can get into the mode I typically do, which is take action. And I decided to take action, thankfully, at a time where the wearables market is growing like crazy. It's now a $92 billion market. There's innovation coming from all over the place. And I got my hand on three pieces of technology that helped me measure my sleep, my movement, and my nutrition Mm. and hack my metabolic makeup, my personal metabolic makeup, because there's not one size fits all. It's definitely one size fits one. And you've got to figure out what works for you to get at least the results that I did. But now that I'm like, this is possible, everyone needs to be able to take advantage of this. Gosh, I love this. I mean, you asked before we hit record, like, what's the purpose? Why are we doing this? And what I didn't say was because sometimes these conversations plant a seed of hope for someone else. And if this podcast is a seed of hope for one person who's bottomed out, who's questioning their relationship with depression, with chronic stress, can we just say like, it doesn't need to be chronic for it to be detrimental to your health. Correct. I think it needs to go on and on. It's like, stop, stop punishing yourself. Like, if the things that used to bring you joy are not bringing you joy, like let's sit and have a conversation about that. So if you say there's three devices, would you be so kind to share which three worked for you? Not to say that they will work for everyone or that it's meant to be for everyone. Yet it sounds like you have found three options to support your journey to vitality. Yeah, absolutely. And so the three in particular for me was um, number one for sleep measurement, was Aura Ring. The data within it, it's just so intuitive. It's easy to understand. The wearable itself, it's frictionless. 
it, you don't have to measure it every night. It's measured maybe every seven or so days and it's waterproof completely. I can shower with it. I can do whatever. So given that frictionless nature of it and the automated data, I don't have to think about measuring that piece. It just happens with me living my life, which made it much easier for me to do. Once I introduced friction, it was a lot harder for me to measure. So that was one. The second device was a technology called Lumen. And that technology leverages your breath to help you hack your metabolism and understand at what times and where are you burning fat for energy versus carbs for energy. And not that either are bad, but based on your own metabolic makeup, you might need different things at different times. An Mm -hmm. example, I've been pretty much pescatarian and very, very low carb for a long time. Like just, just been in my diet kind of stuff I like. Yeah. Just is what it is. My problem is I was taking in too little carbs Mm. and I was taking in too little carbs at the wrong times. The times I was taking in carbs, I was taking them in at the wrong times of the day that Mm. I needed. And the way my metabolism works out for me to burn it and then get great sleep and then have the energy I need the next day. Mm. I was doing it. My formula was all wrong until Mm. I leveraged that technology, which was incredible. And it uses your breath to do so. The third technology that I used was from a company called Vessel. Early startup, I actually full transparency. I've been talking about their product and they reached out for me to become an equity partner, but it still doesn't diminish the value that the technology brings. But what they do is much like an ovulation test or a pregnancy test, they use urine to be able to measure certain metrics in your body. So certain biomarkers in your body, your pH levels, your cortisol levels, your vitamin C, vitamin B, B7, biotin levels, magnesium levels in your body. And I measure pretty much weekly. Mm. And so it gives you visibility into what happens to your body when certain external things happen, right? Mm. So I know what things to do to get my cortisol levels down now based on being able to test and have metrics around my cortisol levels. How would I have known what my cortisol levels were outside of that? Yeah. No, no way to know my cortisol levels. Other than our attitude. (laughs) Right. <laughs> exactly. And you know, the tough part for high performers, even yeah. that is hard to, yeah. I didn't know I was stressed. I mean, yeah. I knew I was kind of stressed, but everybody's stressed. Yeah. Like I've yeah. been, you know, a pro athlete for decades, right? Like I was just like, Oh, everybody does this until I could measure it and realize, Oh, wow. That's actually not so great. Yeah. So clear. Wow. Thank you for sharing. We'll make sure that there are links in the show notes for where folks can have access to these. Um, you said something when speaking about the aura ring, which I don't think was totally your intention. And it is so powerful. You said it removes friction or it's frictionless and that relates to the wearable. Yet. I think the other side of that is what are the things in our lives that we need to do or become or surround ourselves with that removes the friction from making, dealing with these types of moments in life. So challenging. So for example, we feel stressed and then we stay in the same pattern and then it becomes friction to deal with. It sounds like one area to remove the friction for you was to slow down and you slowed down and thought, whoa, there's a problem. But have you had other moments in life or are there examples? I'm just thinking, to be honest, Esther, for people listening that they're like, how do I remove the friction to acknowledge? You know, it's almost like you said, I'm a athlete. I wouldn't know. I'm going to keep going. It's like, well, yeah. what if you remove the label of being an athlete and say as a human being, 
Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on, on removing the friction points for humans? You know, I will caveat. I, at this point in my life, am in a place of privilege to be able to take a good chunk of time off and still be able to live. I mean, I friends, I recognize I've also been in that place where I wouldn't have had the luxury of taking month or a certain time of time, amount of time off to just be silent, be still and observe myself. But what I will say, and it's a huge reason why I built our company the way we have is sometimes you need something external Mm. to do the measuring for you Mm. when you don't have the space to do it yourself. For our, our company, we have a podcast called High Performers HQ. And one of our guests is a neuroscience and he talks a lot about sometimes you have to outsource pieces that your brain would do because you don't have the capacity to do it. Mm. And that's where I truly believe there's value in things like wearables Mm. or at-home diagnostics because they can do the measuring for you Mm. where you may not have the time or the space or even the mental capacity Mm -hmm. to add on an additional thing. Mm -hmm. Let someone else do that for you. Yeah. I love that. I want to acknowledge that you have shared so much. Yeah. I mean, your heart and soul, you've gone from being an NFL dancer, you know, we're wildly successful by all measures of external validation in the tech space, chosen to share your heart and your soul and your sweet husband, who's so extra on social and you've hit the bottom and then come back. And now you're a founder and all of these things are just part of your puzzle. None of it has been so good or so bad, so right or so wrong. It's like the beautiful quilt that you've become. And I appreciate your candor so much in sharing that. And especially in sharing three devices so that people can have access to this. And again, we, we acknowledge the privilege that comes with having access to those sorts of things. I just want to ask on the other side of this journey for you, of where you are today, knowing that you have your wearables, is there one thing that you would say that you are now doing either differently or consistently that supports your health as a working professional today? My goodness. And you give such a good segue to talk about what we're building at High Performance HQ. I'll be sure to send you my 25 Canadian dollars in the mail. (laughs) Uh, No, but... This is exactly what we've based High Performers HQ behind, which is focusing on the mind, the body, as well as your support to truly empower the high performer. And I am so lucky that I get to work with the co-founders I do, who quite frankly helped me get through what I went through in 2020 and 2021. And now we get to work together and do what we did, but for others. And what I've done differently when it comes to mind, pillar one of our methodology is I really have stopped trying to train myself into being something that I'm not and more so understand my brain, how it's wired and figure out what ways I could leverage the way my brain works now to help it continue to improve. For example, I was just talking with a friend. The first thing I grab when I wake up in the morning is my phone. That is not going to change. I'm not going to all of a sudden, no, leave your phone in the front of the room. Like, the level of anxiety that I have, there's no way that's happening, right? And so what I've done instead is I have noticed that, acknowledged that about myself, accepted that about myself, but use that as a tool to push me to habit stack. And whenever I'm going to go grab my phone, that means, great, I can do that same thing on my phone walking. So instead, before I grab it, let me put on my gym clothes, let me make myself a coffee, and then get out of my house and go walk 
And then I'll answer all those emails or text or follow up on that note or listen to that book or that YouTube video that I have to for the morning, right? For body, I have started to be honest and fine with myself indulging in the things that I like. Mm. So I don't go do workouts just because everyone's doing it. I mean, Peloton's an incredible company and I love their app. I bought the bike. I'm not using it. It's collecting dust, right? And granted, that was kind of some of the only options people had during the pandemic. But for me, it just wasn't a fit. I like outdoors. I like communal workouts. And so for me, keeping my body moving, but in the things that I like was really, really important to me. And the third thing in terms of support that's changed for me, I learn based on immersion and community. Mm. And so for me, I realized, like I said, with social media, I needed to change up my algorithm to match the new identity I have for myself and the new things I wanted to learn so that it matches the type of support I need to keep growing in this new area of my life, mm-hmm. right? I need to see healthy, strong, Black and African marriages. Mm-hmm. I changed up my algorithm so it only shows me that and doesn't show me you know, what statistically you might see in the United States, which is the opposite often of that. Yeah. I need to see studies from great neuroscientists and doctors and academia and folks in the health tech industry that are really trying to push this, this industry forward. So I had to stop following things that didn't align with that and start following things that would feed that information source, will continue to feed, give me micro learning pieces of content that will then sink in and into my subconscious, right? Yeah. I needed to create a support system around myself of new friends, of new connections, uh, new circles to make sure that I can go to a group of people who are now in this new world, not my old world, right? Absolutely. So yeah, I would say those are the, that's the equation, if you will, of the things that have changed for me. I love it. I love it so much. And I appreciate your words. And like I said, your, your honesty, your candor to know that, you know, it's easy to only share about the good stuff and it's so honest to share about the real stuff. So with that, the clock ticks and I know you have to run to final question, which is Esther, what is making your heartbeat faster right now? Oh my goodness. It is knowing that each day is a new opportunity to make sense of all that we have in front of us. This beautiful world, this beautiful life, these beautiful people, this air we get up every day to go breathe. Some people don't have that luxury. Mm. There are multiple, there was just another American shooting just yesterday of people who woke up just like me and just like you thinking they have another shot at the day and they didn't, but we do. And so each time that happens, I just feel so grateful and want to leave some sort of impact while we're still here because it, you know, it's a short time that we get to be on this earth to make an impact. Oh gosh, my heart really beats for Americans right now. And it's so different in Canada yet. It's not something that we're blind or numb to by any means. And your pun, I might need to upgrade, you know, another shot at the day. I think it's like another opportunity, as you said, for the day, because let us lay the guns down and let us live with a little bit more love and a little less hate. Cause I don't know what's going on in the world, you know? Yeah, very true. Yeah. Very true. We're very blessed. We really are very blessed. And oh. I say that with all humility and I recognize the amount of privilege that stuff you and I sit in, 
but just being able to get up today and you're listening to this and you're breathing, you are truly blessed. And there is a purpose for you. Yeah. For each of us. Amen. Amen. Esther, your time is so precious. I am so grateful and I can't wait for our worlds to collide again. Something tells me it might happen not at the bar in Whistler and it may, <laughs> if that's where it is. I'm okay with it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And may your day be so blessed. Thank you so much. Thank you for the time. So good to see you.